The portion of God's Word which will serve as the basis for our meditation this evening is Mark chapter 15, verses 25 through 32. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. A little boy was walking home from school. He was carrying his brand new lunchbox. It was now his favorite lunchbox. It had his favorite superhero on it. It was a gift from mom and dad. He didn't see the bulging crack in the sidewalk, but his foot caught on it and he went sprawling and without a moment of hesitation, he let that lunchbox go so he could throw his hands out in front of him to break his fall. A man was driving home from work one night and and as he came through the intersection just a block from his home, a pickup truck pulled out right in front of him. He slammed on the brakes and braced himself for the crash. A young lady stepped up to bat in the championship game for her softball team. The last inning. And she knew as the, as the pitcher wound up that all she had to do was hit this ball and bring that winning runner home and the game would be over. They would win. But as the pitcher released the ball and it, it started coming closer and closer, she realized that it, it seemed like it was a little bit too far inside. And so at the last minute, she ducked. That's something about us humans, isn't it? We have an instinct for survival. If at any time it seems that there is danger for us and there is anything under our power that we can do to prevent it, we'll do it. We will do whatever it takes. But not this man. Never before had such incredible power been seen in one man. He was truly a miracle worker. And yet, here he was, nailed to a cross, 
dying. And he had not even lifted a finger to try and save himself. And so as people walk past, they, they stop for a moment to scoff. Oh, who's so great now? Who's so powerful now? Why don't you come down from that cross and, and save yourself? And those gathered at the foot of the cross had similar thoughts. Well, would you take a look at Jesus today? Not so impressive anymore, is he? Sure, he saved all those countless others, but who's going to save him? He's powerless. He's weak. There is nothing he can do. And the men who were being crucified on his left and his right were thinking along the same lines. Hey man, they reason, listen. Maybe they're right. Why don't you just miracle yourself and us down off of these crosses? Aren't you the Christ, they asked him? Save yourself. Save us. And that, that is what it all really boiled down to. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself. Save us. If Jesus really was the Christ, if He really was the almighty, all-powerful Son of God, then why couldn't He save Himself? To be honest, to be realistic, He could have. This last Sunday, we saw Jesus riding into the city of Jerusalem on the back of that donkey. Igniting the fuse that set all of this whole chain of events into action. But Jesus didn't have to ride into Jerusalem. He could have stayed away. He could have stayed hidden from the Jews. He could have saved himself. He could have saved himself in the garden when that mob came in to arrest him. He showed right then and there that he had the power to stop it all as his very words hurled those men to the ground. He could have saved himself in the courtroom of the high priest. He could have simply walked right through the crowd, out the door and disappeared as he had done on more than one occasion before. He could have saved himself in the judgment palace of Pontius Pilate. Jesus was innocent. He had not done a thing. All he had to do was plead his case, explain to Pilate who he was, and Pilate would have surely let him go. Even after his hands had been nailed to the cross, even after he had been risen up for everyone passing by to scorn and ridicule, he still could have saved himself. He had the power to come down off of that cross. Jesus had the power to wipe out, to destroy every single one of his opponents with a single word. But he didn't. He allowed himself to be captured and tried. 
He allowed himself to be condemned, to be beaten, and spit upon, and flogged. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and left to die. Because Jesus did not come to save himself. He came to save us. And as he looked back, he could see all of the betrayals lined up one by one as as clear as day. Going all the way back to that first betrayal in the Garden of Eden with Adam. And then Adam's descendants leading up to the flood. And then after the flood, again, as they built that idolatrous tower. And then there was his holy, precious, chosen people. The Israelites, the Jews. Those same Jews who were indicated on that sign which was nailed to the cross. He had saved them time and time again from slavery and war, from the danger of their own idolatry and adultery and sins, from captivity and rebellion. But here they were, mocking him, spitting at him, calling down curses on him from heaven. Even his closest friends had turned against him that day. Judas, whom he had loved like a brother, turned him over to the Jewish officials for a few pieces of silver. And Peter, who was so dear to him, had, for even less than that, sworn on Jesus' very name while Jesus watched that he had nothing and wanted nothing to do with him. And all the rest of them as well had turned and run, leaving Jesus alone, deserted on this, his darkest day. And as Jesus looked forward, it didn't get any better. Generations and generations of people would come, people who would resist and reject this gift that he was giving them. People who would persecute and kill his messengers. And even those messengers, those people who would take his name upon themselves, those people who would call themselves Christians, would return again and again to the very sins he was on this cross to save them from. Jesus knew that every single man and woman who has ever lived or will ever live on this earth was an equal part guilty for all the pain and suffering that he was experiencing. He knew that each and every one of them was equally at fault for the death he was about to die. In fact, the only one in the entire world that was 
innocent was he. You and I are guilty of shedding innocent blood. And every one of us here is able to say, with my hands, I have killed my Savior God. Jesus alone was innocent. Jesus alone could have saved himself. But he didn't. Our sins have earned us an eternity of damnation in hell. But Jesus chose to die. He could have saved himself, but he chose to die in our place for us to save us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Why? Because he loves us. Even as he hung on the cross and looked down at the, cro- at the crowd in front of him, saw our faces mingled in with the soldiers and the officials. He could hear the promises that we would make and break. He could see the rebellion, the betrayal we would commit. His only thought for us was one of love. And so as he hung on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them. To give his life so that we might live. There is no greater love than this. Amen.